start in verse 6. I don't know why I always do that. I usually start there and then I go, hey, let's go back a little bit further. But it kind of goes along with what we preached on last week as far as observing um, the context. Um, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that come up to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things, not seen as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, is in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 6 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that come unto God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That there's a diligence in truly seeking after God. But what does it mean to please God? Like in reality, what makes God happiest in our life? And I truly believe that what brings God the most joy is when we exercise the simplest faith to just fundamentally obey His commands without question. And that a faith, they have not missing faith and works for salvation, but as far as a faith that does save, is a faith that does end up working to, to please Him. That, that when, when, we, when we have faith in God's commands, faith in God's promises, we put action to our feet and obey Him. And we see that as the response that Abraham had to the commands of God. It is in verse faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. And imagine that. God speaks to him and tells him to pack his bags, to leave, and to go to a place where he had no idea where he was going. He just had to take that step of faith to depart, to start heading in a direction where he had no idea where he was going to go. But I think most wives would be concerned if their husband says, hey, you know what? We are moving, and we have no idea where. Now, some may say anywhere out of Washington State, as long as it's not California. But, but it was seriously, though, like, if we couldn't communicate to our wives, go, hey, this is where we're going to be moving to, there could be a little bit of an insecurity, a little bit of it, like, are you out of your mind? 
You're telling us to sell our house, pack our bags, to start traveling somewhere, and we have no idea where we're going. That's what Abraham had to do with his family. It was by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place which he should have to receive. A place where he knew not whither he went. God chose Abraham for a special purpose, that he would be the father of a nation. And so God called Abraham to leave his home and to follow him. And that took faith. Genesis chapter 12. Go ahead and turn there. They'll be on the screen as well. Genesis 12 verse 1. says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. So he's leaving his family as well. Okay? From thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse of thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So again, God told Abraham, get out of the country, I'm going to take you somewhere else. Um, go away from your kindred, from thy father's hate house, and I will show thee a land to come. And I will make of thee a great nation. Now you think about, okay, if you're just an individual family, you're probably not thinking about, oh, well, there's going to be this great nation that's going to come from our family. But here we see Abraham had faith. And that's what moved him to step out and then go step by step. And you notice that, you know, the Bible doesn't say um, anything about, like, that the Word of God is a flashlight to our footsteps, but a lamp unto our feet. And now, granted, they probably didn't have flashlights back then. Maybe they did. Often their technology back then was a lot better than we often assume um, it was. But, you know, I think it is unique that God did say a lamp. You know, with a lamp, you often only see a few feet ahead of you. You maybe see a little bit further, but you're not going to know what's completely down the road with a lamp. But you trust God with faith, step by step, in following His will. Abraham received many great blessings for following God's commands, trusting God. And today, you and I must learn what it means to trust God and to walk in His Word through faith. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines obedience. As we see, Abraham was obedient in the faith. He was obedient in following what God called him to do. 1828 Dictionary says, Obedience is compliance with a command, prohibition or known law and rule of duty prescribed, the performance of what is required or enjoined by authority, or the abstaining from what is prohibited, in compliance with the command or prohibition. Obedience may be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary obedience alone can be acceptable to God. It's without faith, it's impossible 
to please Him. I mean, if we just kind of follow His commands ritualistically, but we're not having faith in His promises, it's empty. True faith in God will lead you to obey God, to obey the Bible voluntarily. Meaning that you want to obey, you'll desire to obey it, and you'll willingly surrender your life to obey God. We say that you believe in God, believe in His Word, and believe in Christ, and you obey His commands. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. And ask yourself, do you follow His every direction? His command and obedience. You live by faith, but true faith in God's Word. To seek together to understand obedience and examine the life of obedience is live out through faith by our example here in Abraham. Number one, we see obedience is the pathway to blessing. Obedience is the pathway to blessing. As we read, we see that God told Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse of thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And we see as it goes on that um, through his seed, they would be a light, not only to the Jewish people, but a light to the Gentiles, that the Gentiles would see the Christ. To recognize that they're in need of Him is their Savior, and that many would be saved. Obedience is the pathway to blessing. Our choices always lead us down the path and always toward a destination. By and large, the decisions that we make are determined by our attitude towards God's Word. Obedience is smart. Disobedience is foolish when it comes to the Word of God. You know, you do think about your children. It's not wise for your children to disobey. You know, there comes consequences with it. It's foolish to ignore their parents. Doing right always reaps the reward of safety, security, and God. While doing wrong always reaps danger and guilt. God desires to reward us with blessings in our life. The Bible talks about how every good gift cometh from the Father above. That He wants us to be, be able to enjoy even the fruit of our labor. God desires to reward us, to give us blessings. But we must first put ourselves in a place of blessing. How? That when we obey, the blessings come. We'll give four key steps to walk in the pathway of God's blessing in our life. What we see in Abraham, we see that he had a committed faith. A committed faith. Bible says, by faith, Abraham, Adelia, a committed faith. Remember, obedience is the expression of a faith that is already in place. It is the expression of our trust in God. 
Throughout the chapter, each great deed in life is first introduced with the words by faith in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 4, by faith, Abel. 5, by faith, Enoch. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, he sojourned in the land. Through faith, also Sarah herself um, received strength to conceive seed. And it just goes on and on. By faith, they were able to do the things they did. Ephesians 1.12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. God is calling us today to place our faith in him. Put our faith in him back then, today. Faith in God brings blessings. And we see that Abraham had a clear command. There was no wonder in what God wanted him to do. Says when he was called to go out. And we see he went. God came to Abraham, gave him a very clear command. Called Abraham out of his land, commanded him to travel. God did not stutter, God did not play hide and seek. Okay? God wrote himself, it wasn't a word puzzle with many possible answers. But God gave him his word, and Abraham followed. You know, sometimes we wonder in some things that aren't in the Word of God as far as what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? We look to foremost to figure out that aspect of the will of God is obey the will of God as God has already written it. What God has already called us to in obeying. That we follow him in that, God will reveal to us his will for our life. God made his desires clear for Abraham's life. Now God will continually bring the light his commands in your life so that you can obey them. He has a desire, a purpose for our life. You know, you read the Bible, there are all kinds of commands. What are some commands you can think of that the Bible is very clear about. Some commands God is very clear. Titus? Okay? Love thy neighbor. Absolutely. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He says that that was the second greatest commandment. Anybody else? Christ and telling them the gospel. 
to avoid evil, even abstaining from the very appearance of evil. Do good to all men. Be faithful to God's house. To learn more of God. To learn less of the world. You know, 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of, is of the, are of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Many more other commands we see as we read the Bible. What will you do with God's commands? I believe it will be in direct proportion to what you do first with your faith. To trust God, to, to trust in His Word. That what He says is given for our benefit. The Bible says His commandments are not grievous, but are for our benefit. We see that there is a contingent promise. A contingent promise into a place where what she should have to receive for an inheritance. You know, obedience to God always leads to a place of great promise. God was leading Abraham to a great land prepared for him and his future family, Israel. All Abraham had to do in order to receive the promise from God was obey. But what would, what would have happened if Abraham decided not to obey? Can you imagine if Abraham did not obey? Didn't trust God by faith. He had said, like, come on, God, you're cramping my style, my lifestyle. I just built a new home here. Now you're telling me to move. I just started a new job here. What are you trying to do in my life? Are you trying to ruin it? We often miss many great things in our life because we fail to obey. And instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience it's disobedience. Hear that, kids? Delayed obedience is disobedience. When we delay to obey, we are not obeying. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from grace. God's grace has prepared wonderful and amazing treasures and blessings for the believing and the obeying. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. John 14.15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so, I have not seen, ear have not even heard what God has prepared. For them to love him. How much do you love them now? Say just on Sunday? Say just on occasion? That you show your love through your obedience? 
What about when you're on your computer? What about when you're with your friends? What about when you're preoccupied with other things at work? What obligation does God have to bless your life if it's not in obedience? Luke 6.44 says, For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. From the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And they call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? May that not be said of us. Why do we call him Lord if we don't do the things that he says? We see a contentious response. They obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. Obedience to God was a characteristic in the life of Abraham. God later called Abraham to offer his son Isaac as an offering to him. That was a strange request. Nevertheless, Abraham moved in obedience. Genesis 22.2 says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham arose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claimed the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. And in this, we see God prove Abraham's love for him by sparing Isaac, Abraham's son. Verse 11, it says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. Good imagine that. I don't know if I could have had that type of faith that Abraham had to follow God. But we see that God and His grace and His mercy never required us to sacrifice our sons in such a way. Here he was telling Abraham to do so to prove his faith. Understand, this isn't just Abraham having some weird dream telling him to do this. This is where he spoke with God face to face. It's a, it's a friend talking to a friend. But so he was willing to offer his son. You know, today, many religions would require in history for people to sacrifice their children. But God, contrary-wise, offered his only son for us. But he wasn't we see that Abraham was not going to withhold his son, his only son, from God, if that's what God wanted. 
not necessarily any type of request like that for any of us. But what are you withholding from God? If there's anything. What are you withholding from God? What part of your life does God want to be a part of that you're keeping back? What's in your life where you know God's word teaches this, but you're like, I'll follow God, just not here. What is it that you're not willing to give unto the Lord? Probably won't always understand every command, but we are called to obey in the West. You know, many times people admire the obedience of a dog could show to his master. Archibald Rutledge wrote that one day he met a man whose dog had just been killed in a forest fire. Heartbroken, the man explained um, to him how it happened. He worked outdoors. He often took his dog with him. But that morning, he left the animal in the clearing and gave him a command to stay. And you stay till I come back. Watch the lunch bucket while he went into the forest. His dog, his faithful friend, understood the command, and that's what he did. When the fire started in the woods, and soon the blaze spread to the spot where the dog had been left, but he didn't move. He stayed right there where the man told him to stay. He stayed right where he was in perfect obedience to his master's word. With tearful eyes, the dog's owner said, I always had to be careful what I told him to do, because I knew he would do it. Now, children, I think your parents would want you to use a little bit more reasoning than that, though. If your house is on fire and your parents told you to stay home, don't stay in the house, okay? Use a little bit of common sense, go, okay, this is an exception, I need to get out of the house. However, we see with this illustration with this dog, okay, it was obedient to his master. And may we be obedient to God, our Lord, our master, no matter what the cost would be in our life. Doing what we know is right may not be in keeping with the feelings we have for the day, but we're called to do that which is right. James says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and do of it not, to him it is sin. Now, there can be sometimes things where God has convicted you about certain things and maybe given you convictions you have. Maybe someone else doesn't have the same convictions, but God's given you those convictions. And that's where it's where you know. Whereas the Bible says, if you know to do good and do of it not, to him it is sin. Number two, obedience is the parent of promise. Obedience is the parent of promise. Our decisions never only affect ourselves. Every decision, whether right or wrong, affects more than the one making the decision. Take your father, 
husband, the decisions he makes is going to affect the family. The decision a pilot makes on the plane is going to affect everybody on board. The decisions a teacher makes in their classroom is going to affect their students. Decisions a pastor makes is going to affect the congregation. No wonder the Bible says, Be not in many masters, for we shall receive the greater condemnation. That there's going to be a greater accountability when there's leadership involved. Obedience is the parent of promise. If a man decides to commit adultery, that decision affects more than just him. If a couple decides to get a divorce, that decision affects their children for the rest of their life. If a man decides to drink and drive, that decision affects many more people than he realizes sitting around the table with friends. The decision to obey God will always affect more than just us, than just you. The decision for Abraham to obey God affected his children and his children's children. Abraham experienced God's promises. Abraham experienced God's promises. The Bible says, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. The word sojourn means to dwell near, to reside as a foreigner. The truth is none of us deserve the promises of God. We are strangers in the land of promise. But it is through faith that we are able to sojourn in these wonderfully blessed lands by God's grace. Understand that you cannot pass on that which you have not first received yourself. Abraham would need to pass on the promises of God to his children, but he first had to obtain them himself. See in Hebrews 11.33, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lights. Talking about many others in the Bible um, that was written about how they were in samples for our faith. But we see they obtained promises. From God. What promises have you experienced in your life recently? You've obeyed God's word and you've seen the promise. Which promises have you obtained, claimed, and built your life upon? As a family, as a leader in your home, think about what are promises that we're trying to pass on to our children. Things that we can tell, tell our children that, you know what, God has given this promise if we obey, if we follow Him. The story is told of an aged silver miner who spent all of his life searching for silver in the mountains of the Old West. He had become so obsessed with searching for silver that his wife and children had left. When he died, a handful of people who came to bury him found in his possessions a note instructing him to bury him um, underneath a spot 
in his tent of his cabin. The ground was overturned, a lustrous gray material began to appear. It became known as the largest silver vein in California history. The miner had been a millionaire all his life, but he had never been able to claim his wealth. He was literally standing above it all and did not know it was there. And he lost his family in the process. May we stop sinning on the wealth of God's promises and start claiming them through obedience to his word. God's given us so many promises in his word. Let it not be that our house is built on it, but we ignore it. That we're not aware of it. To have a Bible in our home and to not really know what it says. We see that Abraham extended God's promises. Abraham extended God's promises. Draw in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. It is the overwhelming desire of my life that my children would enjoy the same great promises in their life that I've enjoyed in mine in following God's word. And that they'll learn also from my mistakes and be able to claim maybe some of those promises that we've lacked. Parents, will your children find God's promises by following the roadmap of your life? What will they find by following the roadmap of your life? They followed in your footsteps. Would you be thrilled if they obeyed? If you have or did not. Abraham made it possible for Isaac and Jacob to become an heir to the promises of God in their life. Through his obedience to God's ways. If Abraham did not obey, Isaac and Jacob could not claim some of those promises. It's the promises were going to be for Abraham. If he did not obey, those promises would not continue on. 1 Timothy 4 12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an, an, an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Number three, obedience is the foundation of the future. Abraham was looking for something in particular. A city lay in his future, and that city represented, represented something more than just a place. It represented his future in God. Looking for a heavenly city, looking for the spiritual, not just the physical. Not all futures have solid foundations. See that he says of Abraham, he looked for a city which had foundations. Abraham may not just look for any old city. He looked for a city that had a solid, strong, well-built foundation that had been established of old and would endure the test of time. Foundation of the Word of God. But not every city, not every life has a solid foundation. As we know of this parable that Jesus gives of the wise man that builds his house on the rock, but the foolish man builds his house on the sand, 
and it washes away when the rains come. Perhaps your life has been shaking, crumbling under pressure. No doubt many people have in this recent flood. Perhaps every turn in your life has felt like you've been in calm. It has been trial after trial. I may be even question, am I even following God because I have these trials? Remember, just because you have a trial does not mean you're not following God. Now, is it good, healthy to examine? Hey, if I am having a trial, is there something I'm not following God? Sure, examine yourself. You know, as David says, reveal it to me any wicked way in my heart. Reveal it to me. But we see that Job had trial after trial, and it was, he was following God. You know, Peter said, happy are you um, when you suffer persecution, and that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But living for God doesn't mean that everything's just always going to be easy. But oh, the promise of joy and obedience to God is great. Sometimes the trials can't be due to a lack of obedience. And the Bible saying says, the way of a transgressor is hard. It's a hard life for those that just ignore God's word. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase and do more ungodliness. And their word will not eat his stuff a king, or of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone the name of the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Psalm 11, 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? See, not all futures are structured by God. We see here with Abraham, the Bible says, whose builder and maker is God. You know, some people, when they go car shopping, some of them will have the, the brand and maybe even the model already in their mind. Some maybe will be like, I don't want to buy a foreign car. I want to buy one that's American made. Okay? Some people want to look at a product, look at quality instead of cheap. Okay? Personally, for like a computer, I prefer again to. MacBook. This is the quality that's in it. The function, how it works. They're more expensive, but you know, the one I have is 11 years old. I don't think I had a PC for longer than two years, maybe maybe three years. And so, so then we go shopping for a particular thing. To look for something 
specifically, something that is well structured, something that is well made? Are you structuring your future by what you're doing today? Do you want a future that's manufactured by lust or sin? Lies and deceit? You want a life, a future that is manufactured by the media, by entertainment? You want to live the rest of your life in fear, like the media has continued to keep on portraying? Do you really want your future manufactured by pride, by selfishness? Or do you want a future manufactured by God? A future is only known, that future is only known by faith and by obedience. By faith, you believe you trust God. And by trusting God, you obey. That's the kind of future that's going to be built upon God. In conclusion, Abraham trusted God and obeyed Him by faith. What is your response to the Word of God? What is the level of your obedience? Are you truly living by faith? Living for faith means living by obedience. Obedience is the pathway of blessing, as we mentioned. Obedience is the parent of promise. And obedience is the foundation of the future. Does your faith produce an obedience? So we have a time of invitation. We get song to play. Just ask yourself, by showing my faith by my obedience, you know what James talks about? You know what some of you say? You're justified by faith. But you know what? I'll show you my faith by my works. So works equal salvation? Absolutely not. Are works part of our salvation? No. The simple obedience of salvation is obedience to the gospel, which is faith believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 4 5 makes that clear as well. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And so for our salvation, our faith is simply obedience to the gospel. The death, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection for the Christian life, for living a victorious life. It calls for more than just an empty so-called faith, but it calls for a faith that compels you to obey. Spend some time in prayer asking the Lord to examine your heart. Is there an area your life that you have not given up to obey him.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word that we could follow, that we could trust it, that we could obey it by faith. May we claim the promises that you've given us through obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few announcements. 